You are on the line, live on ESPN, 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports, 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Thursday edition of the show. Hour number one here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday afternoon here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Beautiful day outside. It's another hot one. Make sure you are staying safe, staying cool, checking your cars at all times. Uh, Just uh, please do that. That's all I can say. Please do that. But hope you're doing well on this Thursday afternoon. We have a lot to talk about here on the show Phone lines are open. I'd love to hear from you at any time today. 334-321-1390. That number again that puts you through to me is 334-321-1390. Lots to talk about. We have baseball to talk about, basketball to talk about. We have some football news as well. So a lot to go over today here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Here in hour number one, we are going to talk to uh, Philip Rossman-Reich. He is the host of Locked on Magic, the podcast Locked on Magic. Of course, the NBA Magic have the number one overall pick tonight in the 2022 NBA Draft. And right now, what's looking like our boy Jabari Smith will be the number one overall pick. Obviously, we've got to wait and see until tonight. But the odds are saying that he will be the number one overall pick. So we talked to Philip. Uh, Rossman Reich, of course, he is the host of Locked On Magic podcast. We talked to him about why the Magic should take Jabari Smith, what Jabari Smith could do for the Magic, and then ultimately what the the other picks are going to look like for them. So that interview will be at 2.30 here in hour number one. And then in hour number two, like we always do on Thursday afternoons, we're going to have Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. He will be on at 3.30 to go over everything going on in the SEC. we got a lot to talk about with him as well. So great show on tap for you today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. But if you want to call in, be a part of the show, tell me anything that's on your mind in the sports world. Give me your opinion. Be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We are 72 days away from the college football season when Auburn and everybody else will kick off the college football season on September 3rd. 72 days away. We do have some college football news to talk about. We will get to that in just a little bit. But I do want to start talking about the 2022 NBA draft because it is tonight. Okay, it is tonight, 7 o'clock, and you can listen to the radio broadcast and all of the coverage right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika. That's right. This upcoming draft tonight where Jabari Smith and hopefully Walker Kessler as well will be taken in the first round of the NBA draft. You can listen to it right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika. We're very excited to be able to carry that national broadcast for you. Make sure you tune in. It should be a great night of drafts and should be a great night for Auburn as well. So again, you can tune in 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 106.7 for the 2022 NBA Draft. And we've got a lot to talk about with that draft tonight. We're going to talk about how Auburn can make history tonight at the NBA Draft. We'll talk about that. 
Will Jabari Smith go number one overall? We'll hit on that as well. Also, where's Walker Kessler going to go? Was he going to go in the first round or second round? Where will he go and why? We'll hit on that as well. And then, of course, how has Bruce Pearl and Auburn become a, a, a breeding ground, if you will, for NBA players? And then, ultimately, is that going to be a trend that will continue in the future? Those are the topics we're going to hit in this first segment. And again, you can call in and be a part of this segment or any other segment today, 334-321-1390. The NBA draft tonight. We know over the years that Auburn football has had a number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Of course, Cam Newton back in 2011. In the MLB, we had Casey Mize go to the Detroit Tigers as the number one overall pick just a few years ago. But tonight, Auburn can have, Auburn basketball that is, can have its first ever number one overall pick in the NBA draft. And if that is the case, Auburn will be the third school all time joining LSU and UCLA as the only three schools to ever have a number one overall pick in the NFL draft, the NBA draft, and the MLB draft. That is what is on the line tonight for Auburn if Jabari Smith were to be taken number one overall in this NBA draft. Think about that for a second. One of only three schools in the entire country to have a number one overall pick in the NFL, NBA, and MLB draft. And think about that accomplishment in itself. That's big time. That is big, big time to have a number one overall pick in three of the biggest leagues in sports, in American sports for sure. Auburn has a chance to do that tonight. And think about that group. Cam Newton, Casey Mize, and then Jabari Smith. I mean, that's big time, folks. That is big time. Auburn has a chance to do that tonight with Jabari Smith. And so the question is, will Jabari go number one overall? Will he be the first name taken off the board tonight in the NBA draft? I think the bigger question is, should he be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft? Absolutely. He absolutely should be the number one pick tonight. I think he will be the number one pick tonight. We know, as Auburn fans, what Jabari Smith can do. Even the people that are not Auburn fans know what Jabari Smith can do. The basketball world knows what Jabari Smith can do. Everybody has seen this guy play. They know his skill set. They know his talent. They know his mindset. And they know his potential. That is what will sell Jabari Smith, I think, and that's what puts him above everybody else in this 2022 NBA draft. We know Jabari Smith can shoot lights out from anywhere in the gym. We know that Jabari Smith can play lockdown defense just about on anybody on the floor. And we know that Jabari Smith is a stone-cold killer. We know that. We also know that Jabari Smith has some room to improve. He's got some things he needs to work on. He needs to be able to dribble the basketball up the floor. He's got to be able to put the ball. A team has got to be able to put the ball in his hands and say, make something happen. He's got to be a playmaker. He's got to bring it from one side of the floor to the other. He has to be able to be given the ball at the three-point line or the high post and put it on the floor and take it to the rack and finish through contact or get to the line or both. We know he can shoot free throws better than just about anybody I've ever seen when he, when he sets his feet. If he doesn't set his feet right, he's going to miss every time. On a free throw or a jump shot, 
I could tell you just about every time whether he was going to make or miss it all by his feet. But we know how good he is shooting the basketball. But he's got to be a playmaker. He has to be able to dribble the basketball and put the ball on the floor and finish at the rim. We know what he can do. We know what he needs to work on. But what puts him above everybody else in this NBA draft tonight is his potential. This guy can be one of the best players in the NBA. He absolutely could. He's NBA ready right now. He's already prepared to be in the league. Now, he's not going to be on the same level as the best players in the world like Giannis and Kevin Durant. Not yet. But I think he can get there. He's going to need some help, and he's going to need some development, and I think he has to get to an organization and a team that is invested in him and his future. And I think the Orlando Magic is the best place for that. You look at the young guys on this Orlando Magic team. Remember Chuma? Chuma Kiki's still there. He's a great player to, to go and play with. Some of the other young guys for the Magic, they're all young. I've talked about it before. They're all young, and I think that's a great, great thing for Jabari Smith to go and be a part of. His potential is what sets him apart in this draft tonight. Will he go number one overall? I think he will. Don't buy into the betting odds changing and fluctuating. Don't buy into it. Jabari Smith should and will be the number one overall pick tonight. But again, just because you get drafted number one overall doesn't mean you're going to be successful in the NBA. You're going to get that money. There's no doubt. You're going to get paid. But how long he wants to play in the NBA, that'll be on him. We know he has a great work ethic. We know he's a great kid. Right? We, all, we know that. We've seen that side of him. But there are things that he has to fix, that he has to improve on, if he wants to be successful long-term in the NBA. But Jabari Smith is not the only one going tonight from Auburn. Walker Kessler, he's in the NBA draft. He will be attending the draft tonight. So will Jabari, of course. But Walker Kessler got the invite to attend the NBA draft. Folks, if you're not familiar with how the draft works, if you get invited to go and your family gets invited to go to the NBA draft, that means you're expected to be taken because they want you on TV to walk across the stage. Shake the hand of the commissioner, get your hat, take your picture, all of that. They want you there if you're going to have the potential to get drafted tonight. Walker Kessler is supposed to be there. We'll see where he goes. It's really been late first round, early second round for him, have been the projections for Walker Kessler. But I think he is trending up. I think it's going to be late first round for him tonight. I'm not sure what team, because... As the draft goes on, when people get taken off the board, teams have to readjust. With every pick, they readjust. So I I don't have a prediction for Walker. I really don't. I just think he needs to go to a specific team where he can get better. There's a couple of those teams, right? There's not just one specific. He has to go to the right team. Let me say it that way. He needs to go to the right team if Walker Kessler wants to be successful long-term. What is Walker good at? Defense, shot blocking, dunking the basketball, being tall. (laughs) Those are all the things that Walker Kessler is good at, right? But there's a lot of things that he's going to have to work on if he wants to be successful in the NBA. He's going to have to be able to shoot the basketball, folks. If he can't shoot, 
and he's one-dimensional, he'll be shut down quickly. And I mean quickly. The NBA and the players and the coaches, they're too good to let a guy who can only do one thing beat them. And let's just be honest. Right now, Walker Kessler, all he can do is be tall and use his his height to his advantage. That's fine in college. You saw how it worked in college. He was the best defensive player in the country. He was the best shot blocker in the country. That's fine. But in the NBA, those guys are just as big. And they're also more physical than you. And right now, if Walker Kessler tries to do what he did in college in the NBA, he's not going to play very long. He's got to put on some muscle. He's got to get a jump shot. And he's got to become a playmaker. The center position in the NBA has evolved so much. Think about when Shaq played as a center in the NBA, when he played for the Lakers, when he played for the Magic, when he played for the Suns, when he played for the Heat. He was a big physical dude who he just bodied you down low and dunked it on your face. That's what Shaq did. But that's where the NBA was. The NBA is not that anymore. Shaq, in today's NBA, it would be different, but the way that Shaq would be good offensively, he would be horrible defensively in today's NBA. He would. Because centers like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jocic can step out and bury a three, and Shaq never had to guard out that far. So think about how that has changed between when Shaq was running the NBA and now today's NBA, where Walker Kessler is trying to be successful. He has to be able to play down low. There's no doubt. You still got to be physical. You still got to get rebounds, offensive rebounds, draw fouls, block shots. But he's also got to be able to step out, set high screens like we've seen him do. But he's also got to be able to roll off those screens and not just roll to the basket, roll to the three-point line and knock it down. That's what Walker has to do. But he has to go to the right team for that to happen. If he goes to a team where he doesn't get developed and doesn't get playing time and doesn't get managed correctly, he'll be out of the league in three or four years. He will. He will be out of the league in three or four years if he goes to a team like that. That's why there's a very select few of teams that I want him to go to. I think the Golden State Warriors would be the best team for him right now. I think Walker Kessler would get the best treatment at the Golden State Warriors. We know what they can do. We know how they develop players. There's no immediate pressure for him to be great. They just won the NBA championship again. They don't need him, but they're going to make him better. And over time, he will get better through workouts and practice and playing with NBA champion players. And they can slowly but surely put him in and get him comfortable and find out his role in this league. That's what needs to happen for Walker Kessler. I think he'll go late first round tonight, but I don't have a prediction for him because I, sh- I, I honestly don't know. I don't know where he's going to go, but I do think he goes first round, which is an improvement from a couple of months ago where he was going middle to early second round. So Auburn has a chance not only to have a number one overall pick, but to have two players go in the first round of the NBA draft. Go back five years ago and tell us that. We would have never believed you. Never. Ten years ago, Auburn fans wouldn't have even known what you were talking about. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler have a great chance to be drafted tonight and drafted high at that. And of course, they're coming from Auburn. They're coming from Bruce Pearl, who not only has turned the Auburn basketball program around, revived it, if you will, 
He has made Auburn a breeding ground for NBA-level talent. Chuma Okiki, Isaac Okoro, and sure, Jared Harper and Bryce Brown didn't fully make it to the NBA, but we know they're good. Jared Harper is good enough to play in the NBA. He's just not tall enough. Bryce Brown, he can shoot the lights out, but that's about it, right? We've seen that, but we've seen players who come through Auburn get better and better and better, right? Chuma is playing for the Orlando Magic. He's a role player for them. He's a big-time player for the Magic. You see Isaac Okoro. He's a starter in Cleveland. Jabari Smith, he will be a starter in Orlando. Walker, we're going to have to wait and see. But Bruce Pearl has found out how to prepare guys for the NBA and win games at Auburn. This is turning into early days of John Calipari at Kentucky because that's what John Calipari does, right? He prepares guys for the league. He pumps them out like nothing. Guys come to Kentucky, they go to the league. He wins games. He's only won one championship, but he wins games. He makes it far in the tournament, and he sends guys to the league. Bruce Pearl is starting to get to that point, and I think it will continue to grow. It will continue to get better. Players that come out of Auburn, they play defense. They have maturity. They're leaders, and they're team players. No one guy on Auburn's team is just overbearing and dominant over the others. Even when Jabari Smith was on the team last year, he was not just soloed out and just said, here, go score 40. I think at times he should have, but that was not how, that's not how Bruce Pearl does it. That's not how Auburn runs the program. But that makes great NBA players. That is why guys like Jabari and Walker and Isaac and Chuma are all going to be successful. That's why future Auburn players will be successful in the NBA. Is it going to continue? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. As long as Bruce Pearl's at Auburn, you can go and play basketball at Auburn and have a great chance to go pro. You will be ready to go pro at Auburn. Ten years ago, guys came to Auburn because they had nowhere else to go. That's it. They wanted to play big-time D1, and they had nowhere else to go. Tonight, the 2022 NBA Draft, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 106.7. Jabari Smith, he will be the number one overall pick. Walker, he's going to be drafted in the first round, but it better be to the right team. And you want to talk about a place that recruits can come and play and be prepared, not only to win games in college and compete for championships, but be prepared for the NBA? Come play at Auburn for Bruce Pearl. I promise you, you'll be ready. We're off and running here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Call in. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Stay tuned. The question of the day on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. Back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. The news of the day in the college football world, the Arch Manning saga has ended. He has committed to play for the Longhorns of Texas. That's right. If you haven't heard, Arch Manning is going to Texas. He has committed to play for the Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian. Arch Manning, probably, I mean, just one of the highest hyped-up recruits 
ever, I think, just about. He is the uh, 2023 quarterback class. He is heading to Texas. He will play his high school senior year, and then he will go and play for Texas next year. He has committed to play for the Longhorns. He took visits to uh, Georgia, Bama. I think he took a visit to Ohio State. I could be wrong on that. And then Texas, of course. But he has committed to play for the Longhorns. And this has been a recruitment that everybody has been on top of because, look, the kid can play, right? But even besides his last name, the kid can play. When you watch him, he's got the skill set and the talent um, better than just about anybody you'll see coming out of high school. And, of course, he's got the Manning blood. He has the Manning name. We all know what his family is about. But here's the question of the day surrounding this before we dive into this a little bit more. Arch Manning has committed to Texas – But why? Why did he choose Texas over the other schools? He visited Georgia. He visited Alabama. Every school in the country reached out to him. So why did he pick Texas? That's my question of the day to you. Give me a call. I'd love to hear your answer. 334-321-1390. That number again is 334-321-1390. It's interesting, right? It's interesting to think, you know, why? And I'm not saying it was a bad choice. That's not what I'm trying to say. But why would he pick Texas over the other schools? I'd be genuinely curious to know why. Is it Steve Sarkeesian and his success with quarterbacks throughout the years? Is it the NIL possibility in the state of Texas? Maybe he just wanted to do something different than what his family has done between Tennessee and Ole Miss. Maybe he wanted to go somewhere different, create his own legacy, right? I think you could say all of those things. And Texas is definitely... The, the different option there, right? He, especially when he visited places like Georgia and Alabama and he picks Texas, a program that is trying to come back, right? They're trying to rise up again and be relevant in college football and try to win those big games and be competing for national championships again. Like, we know that they can. Maybe he wants to be a part of that. Maybe he believes in the future of Texas and wants to be at the center of it. That's very possible. It is. It's very, very possible. Texas, obviously, great historical program. It's a great state, right? It has all of the the program itself, has facilities. You know know what, right? I mean, they have facilities better than most. So there's a lot of reasons that he probably chose Texas, but it's interesting. I did not see this coming. I really didn't. I didn't truly know where he was going to go, but I didn't think it was going to be Texas. I really, really didn't. And the news kind of came out of nowhere today. Again, I was not expecting a commitment today, but here we are. And he has committed to play for Texas. Arch Manning, one of the most talented, hyped recruits you will ever see coming out of high school. He has committed to play for the University of Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. What are your thoughts? Why did he choose Texas? Are you surprised that he chose the Longhorns? I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Make sure you stick around in hour number two when we talk to Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. We'll ask him about it and see what his opinion is because he's going to play for Texas. They're technically a Big 12 school, but they won't be for long. He'll be an SEC quarterback. So now, Auburn fans, at some point, we may have to deal with Arch Manning. Alabama fans, you may have to deal with Arch Manning. All of the other SEC schools, at some point, are probably going to have to deal with this kid. And he's really, really good. The hype is for real. But my big question has been, will he live up to it? I asked that question Uh, Oh, man, it's probably been a couple of weeks now. 
but I, I, we talked about that here on the show. Is it even possible for him to live up to the expectations and the hype that has been around him at this point? That, that's just, that is something that every time I see a story on Arch Manning or I see a tweet about Arch Manning or when this broke and the whole sports world just went off, right? Everybody was just, Arch Manning commits to Texas and everybody's going off about it. My biggest thing is, can the guy live up to the hype? Can he live up to the expectations of his family name, of what his uncles and, and, and family have done? Can he live up to what the media has hyped him up to be? Will he live up to Texas fans? Right? I mean, they expect him to be great. And by the time that he gets to Texas and the, by the time that, the, that it rolls around for him to be the starting quarterback, I promise you, Texas fans and a lot of other college football fans are going to expect him to win a national championship at Texas. That's going to be the thought process because they already feel confident with Sark being their head coach. And they already feel that he can do great things and bring Texas back. Then you add a guy like Arch Manning. The expectations for Texas, Sark, and Arch Manning are going to go through the roof. And I saw something today, and it made a lot of sense. I saw it on Twitter. I forget who said it. But they said even no matter what happens this season with Texas and their, and their record or whatever happens, Sark has landed Arch Manning his job secure for a minute. He's going to be okay for a couple of years because he landed possibly the biggest quarterback recruit of all time from what we've seen right now. Coming out of high school, I mean, I, I just can't even remember a guy having this much hype coming out of high school at the quarterback position. I, I just can't. This guy, and he's good. That's what I'm trying to make sure you understand that too. The guy is good. The guy can play. The kid is so talented. He's not getting recruited like this or wasn't getting recruited like that because of his last name. Had something to do with it. But the kid can play. We'll see. Why did he choose Texas? I'd love to hear from you. Can he live up to the expectations? You can answer that too. I don't know. I think it's going to be just downright impossible for him to live up to the expectations unless he goes and he wins a national championship wins a Heisman and all of that I just don't see how he can do it we'll have to see Arch Manning has committed to play for Steve Sarkeesian in the Texas Longhorns stay tuned later on we'll talk about it with Chris Gordy of Locked On FCC but coming up after this Philip Rosman Reich the host of Locked On Magic, giving you everything you need to know about the NBA draft and Jabari Smith tonight. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Halfway through hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Earlier today, I caught up with Philip Rossman Reich. He is the host of Locked On Magic podcast. Of course, the Orlando Magic have the number one overall pick tonight in the 2022 NBA draft. I talked to him about that. Uh, who they are going to pick tonight. Will it be Jabari Smith? He seems to think so, but we'll talk to him on why that is. Also, what to expect from this Magic organization as they have one Auburn player already expected to have another 
but possibly have three. Sit back, relax. Here's my conversation with Philip Rossman Reich, the host of Locked On Magic. Speaking to Philip Rossman Reich, the host of Locked On Magic here on On the Line. Philip, it's great to have you on the show for the first time. Of course, the 2022 NBA draft is tonight, and lots of eyes are on the Orlando Magic, of course, because they are the number one pick tonight. Just want to talk to you about the last couple of seasons for the Orlando Magic. What's it been like for the Magic? Have, you know, Obviously, they've been on the lower end of the league, but what have the last few years been like for the Magic? I mean, it's, it's obviously been about change. You know, the, the team, you know, the team for the last decade has, has really struggled to figure out how to push forward after, after trading away Dwight Howard. And, you know, they had a nice little, you know, even the general manager of the team has described it as a little sugar high of making the playoffs two straight years. Um, but they kind of understood that that team wasn't really going anywhere, that that team was just going to be a low end playoff team getting eliminated in the first round. And so, you know, back in March of 2021, now, I guess, um, they decided to to, re, to rebuild the team. They, they traded away all their veteran players. They picked up a lot of young guys. And, you know, last year being really the first year of this rebuild, yes, the Magic only won 22 games, but it was a really exciting season. Um, a, a lot of these young guys, they, they really seemed to, a, a, get better as the season went on, but they, they really seemed to kind of buy into the culture that the team was trying to build. And while they don't quite have the talent to, to compete consistently yet or the depth to compete consistently yet, um, everything seemed to be pointing in the right direction. And, and there's a lot of excitement about what the future holds for Orlando. And obviously uh, the pick that they're making tonight is a, a big part of that. Of course, the Orlando Magic have the number one overall pick. They won the NBA draft lottery. You know, the, this past season, of course, has the most impact on that. You talk about some of the positives to take away from last season. What would they be? Uh, you know, I think a lot of it is just the buy-in to what they're trying to do. Not trying to do. Um, you know, the, the team. Fin- you know, the team finished with 22 wins. Obviously, not a great record. You know, they're near the bottom of the sta- bottom of the rankings in the NBA in terms of pretty much every offensive category. Um, but they finished 19th in the league in defensive rating uh, after the All-Star break. So those la- that last quarter of the season. Uh, they were, I believe, eighth or ninth in the league in defensive rating, which is points allowed per 100 possessions. So they they really seem to kind of figure out a, a, a little bit of an identity. And, and you know, at this beginning stage, you know, they're dealing with a lot of a lot of players who are fresh out of co- fresh out of college or in the NBA. You know, you're dealing with guys like Jalen Suggs from Jalen Suggs who went to Gonzaga as a rookie last year, Franz Wagner. You know, Wendell Carter is a little bit of an older veteran, a little bit of an older player, but still very young at 20, 24, 25 years old, I believe. Um, they, they were really beginning to kind of fill in the outlines of what kind of team they're, they're, they're trying to be. And so it really felt like they were hitting on something. Now, there's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of work to do. They still need to add some talent. They still need to, add to, to get better. But everything seemed to be trending in the right direction as, as the season went on, and, and, and the team really seemed to kind of buy into what their coach was telling them, and they, and they really stuck together through the course of the season. It never really felt like they were just looking forward to the end of the season, which is, which is always a good sign, especially with the team with where they're at. Speaking with Philip Rossman-Reich of the Locked On Magic podcast, we bring you on the show because, of course, Jabari Smith from Auburn is the guy that everybody has their eyes on. He is the betting favorite right now to go number one overall to the Orlando Magic. Why should the Orlando Magic take Jabari Smith number one overall? If they should, maybe they should take somebody else. No, I mean, I, I, Jabari Smith is my pick, my pick for the Magic. I think that he checks all the boxes for what this Magic team is looking for. They, they value defense. Defense is 
very much part of the identity they want to build. Um, you know, you look at look back at their previous draft picks, whether it's Jonathan Isaac, whether it's even Mo Bamba, whether it's Chumo, he, you know, took, took a few, two, few took a few years back. They they really value guys who are committed defensively, who can switch defensively, who, who have positional versatility. Um, they they value players that that just want to want to work hard and work hard on that end, especially. But you you Javari Smith does that. He is such a great defender. He's an NBA level defender. He can switch. He could probably guard any of the any of the perimeter positions. I don't know if I want him guarding center quite yet, uh, but the way this league is going, he might he, he might end up playing some time there too. But uh, he. He has all all those those boxes checked. He's got defensive length. He's versatile. But then you look at the offense, and, and, and I know there's still a lot of things he has to improve on offensively, especially off the dribble, but he is such a great jump shooter. He is already an NBA-level jump shooter. Like I said, the Magic were near the bottom of, of the list of um, every offensive category. They need guys who can just get a bucket, and, and the one and Jabari Smith is a guy that, that can score, so he can fit in with what the team's doing. And as he gets more comfortable, as he improves, he's someone that can take over games as well, as I'm sure you guys know at Auburn. And, Philip, one thing that stands out to me about this Magic team that you've already sort of talked about is the young guys and the young core of this Orlando Magic team and this organization. How would adding a young guy like Jabari Smith, who is just now a legal adult, how would adding him to this young core help the Magic down the road? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously right now the Magic are sort of in a talent collection phase. You go through these rebuilding cycles, uh, you, you kind of strip away the old, you bring in the new. You start just collecting talent. You start figuring out who are the pieces you want to build with. And when I look at Jabari Smith, you know, the first thing that I see is, A, a player who's incredibly talented, a player who can get his own shot, get his own shot off against tough defense, can, can, get, can, can you know, potentially get to the basket and finish there, too. I know that's, that's an area he has to improve. But then I look at he can also fit in with everyone else. He, because he's such a great shooter, he makes everyone else's life easier. Defenses have to respect him even when he doesn't have the ball. And that's, that's really rare, especially for a guy going at the top of the draft. I know some people want the guy that has the ISO score, but you need someone that can do a bunch of different things for a bunch of different guys, especially with this Magic team and the kind of offense they want to run, which is maybe a little bit more, you know, more equal where they spread the spread the scoring around not one person has to hold hold the scoring scoring load uh that's going to help jabari a lot as he transitions to the nba too because you know he's maybe not ready to be that top scorer. you know the magic will give him the keys but he's not driving alone and, and i think that's that's really important and good for a young player in his development Speaking with Philip Rossman Reich, the host of the Locked On Magic podcast, obviously it's early. Jabari Smith hasn't even been drafted yet, but in your opinion, Philip, what type of player do you think Jabari Smith could become in the NBA if he fixes some of those things that you've been talking about? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think just to, let, me, let me just put it this way. If, if he doesn't get, you know, mu- you know, he'll get better, obviously, but if he doesn't add, you know, the kind of off-the-dribble game or at-the-rim game that he has, to me, he's Chris Middleton. So he's, to me, his baseline is already a really key player on a championship level team and all, a multi-time all-star. Like, I, I think he is that good. And, and, and I think some people view, you know, the Chris Middleton comparison as, you know, maybe a little bit of a slight. And I'm like, no, no, Chris Middleton's a really good player. If that's what you're entering the league as, mm-hmm. as, as kind of your low end, that's pretty darn good. Um, I think that I think adding those things, being able to finish at the rim more consistently, being a little bit better of a playmaker and decision maker as a passer, that's going to be the difference between him being Chris Middleton or a guy like Jason Tatum. I think he really does have the potential to be one of the very best players in in the league right now, and you know, first team All NBA player. You know, his you know, I, I hate to make this comparison to a guy that's so 
so, you know, kind of up in the stratosphere. But his shot profile reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant. Like, Ke- like Kevin Durant, you look at, look at the shots that he gets on the floor, he's someone that, that hits a couple dribble pull-ups. He gets to the line a few times. You know, yes, he can get to the basket, but his shot diet is all kind of dribble pull-ups, you know, getting some spot-up threes from other guys creating for him. He accumulates a lot of points in a bunch of different ways. And again, I'm not saying Jabari Smith is, is of that caliber. I think you know, certainly Kevin Durant was a much better player in college, but Jabari Smith, to me, his shot diet reminds me a lot, a lot of that. So he's going to be able to get points in a lot of different ways. I, I don't see that as a weakness. I see that as a real strength for him. Speaking with Philip Rossman Reich, the host of Locked On Magic podcast. Philip, we've seen surprises on draft night before, and the odds have been kind of fluctuating a little bit on who could be the number one overall pick. So let me ask you this from the Orlando Magic perspective, if for some reason they don't take Jabari Smith, who are a couple of other players that you would like to see the Magic pick again if they don't go in the direction of Jabari Smith? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this that the top of this draft is really a three per, three person race, and, and I, I would I would note that it is pretty rare that there are three guys that legitimately have a shot at the at the number one pick. And and you know I, I'm gushing about Jabari because I really like him. I could easily gush about Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro. Obviously, you have Chet Holmgren, who you know seven footer from Gonzaga, a guy that you know there are just not seven footers who move the way that he does. He's able to work off the dribble, shoot off the dribble hit threes. He's an excellent shot blocker. I really think at Gonzaga, they held him back and kind of hit a lot of what makes him really, really special just because of their, their desire to win a national championship uh, and, the, and the roster construction that they had had at that school. And then you have Paolo Bancaro, who's you know, probably the, the traditional ISO score. He's a really gifted player in the mid and low post. He can, he, he's shown that he can step out to three, although that's still a little bit inconsistent. Um, and, and he has a lot of the tools to be a 20-point scorer, honestly. He's my pick to be rookie of the year next year, who I don't think he'll all from this draft. So, you know, I, I've told a lot of Magic fans this. You know, there are three really good players in this draft, and if the Magic are picking one of those three guys with the number one pick, they've done very, very well. And, Philip, outside of the number one overall pick, what are some of the other picks that the Orlando Magic have in this draft, and who are some of the players that you have your eye on for Orlando to try to take? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Magic do. Um, they, ha- they have the 32nd and 35th pick, although it's been reported this afternoon that the Magic are trading the 35th the Lakers for a future second-round pick and some, and some cash consideration. Um, you know, it, it, it's very, very, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it with Walker Kessler. Um, this draft is, is very, very kind of up in the air. You know, there's a lot of prospects in that 15 to 40 range that you could really kind of flip over and, and it's just about what the team likes. You know, I certainly have Walker Kessler on my list of guys that, that I think the Magic might be interested in. They obviously like the shot blocking. They like the length. Um, you know, they, they need a backup center with the questions about Mo Bamba and his, and his upcoming free agency. Uh, I've, I've been looking at a guy, a guy like Nebraska's Bryce McGowan, um, who was a great scorer at Nebraska, was a, was a solid scorer at Nebraska. They obviously struggled to win a little bit, but he had a free throw rate. He was able to get to the line essentially uh, once for every two field goal attempts that he took. So he's, he's someone that puts a lot of pressure on the defense, and I think that his shooting will be a lot better when you kind of take the ball out of his hands a, a little bit, make it more of a catch-and-shoot option. Um, but there are, there, you know, there, there are so many kind of interesting prospects uh, in, throughout this draft. It, it, it's going to be a wild night. It's, it, it, it's, it's going to be an entertaining night you know, once, once the draft really gets going after that top three goes off, goes off the board. Speaking with Philip Rossman, Reich, host of Locked On Magic podcast, I know Auburn fans just got excited when you talk about Walker Kessler possibly being drafted to the Orlando Magic. If that were to happen and they take Jabari Smith, that would be three former Auburn players on the same roster. 
Would that be a positive thing for this Magic team, for them to kind of gel together with one similar background? I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, I think you look at, I think you look at Auburn and, and, and the reputation that Bruce Pearl's created um, of building guys who are ready for the NBA. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just the three guys that we talked about there. You know, it's, uh, it's what Bruce Brown with the Nets, who had a really strong year. Bruce Pearl has done a, a really good job establishing an NBA culture, a culture that gets players ready for the NBA, emphasizing the right things. Uh, you know, making sure that his prospects are, are doing things that they will do in the NBA so that when they come to the league, they're ready to contribute. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that Auburn's kind of having this, this renaissance and the NBA is taking notice because they like Auburn players. You know, it's, it's again, it's about that culture. Those guys come to the league, they have an understanding of how to defend, they have an understanding of how to run NBA stuff, and, and an understanding of how to jump right into the NBA into the culture and program that Auburn's created. And, and obviously Bruce Bowl has, has Auburn, uh, you know, soaring to heights that they haven't soared to in a very, very long time, if, if ever. Yeah, if ever. That's exactly right. Well, Philip, let me ask you this. If this 2022 NBA draft goes perfectly for the Orlando Magic, who would be their first two or three picks? And then if it does go perfectly, what do you expect to see from this Magic organization, let's say three to four years from now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Jabari Smith is the pick for the Orlando Magic. Like I said, I think he checks off all the boxes, a lot of the boxes for this team. I think that you know, he's someone that he, everything that I've heard from talking to guys in the, in the, that, that have covered Auburn, uh, he's an incredible worker and he's going to has an incredible drive to get a lot better. And obviously that's, that's what you want to hear at this time of year. So I, I think the Magic will end up taking Jabari Smith tonight. Uh, I would actually be looking for the Magic to potentially try and trade back up into the first round. Uh, they have Terrence Ross, uh, who's a veteran player, really good player, but he's kind of signaled that he'd like to move on to a contending team. So I think the Magic are going to try and turn their second-round pick along with Terrence Ross in, into another first, and they'll probably target a wing at, at that pick or potentially try and grab a, a veteran big. I've, I've had kind of Steven Adams of the Memphis Grizzlies on, on my mind as a potential target for the Magic to try and try and uh, add add some veteran veteran leadership to, the, to their bench. Um, but, you know, I think the goal for the Magic right now is, you know, I don't think they want to look four or five years down the road. There's still a lot that's going to happen between now and then. But I think their goal for next season is they don't want to be back, you know, they don't want to be back in the deep water. You don't want to be talking about the number one pick next year we want to be talking about a team that has taken some significant steps forward that is in the play-in tournament conversation if not in the play-in tournament or the playoffs completely uh, i think orlando views itself as a team that's on the rise and a team that's that's getting ready to make some noise in the very very near future well philip i know you're going to have your eyes locked in on the draft tonight with orlando having the number one overall pick auburn fans will as well as we all hope jabari smith gets taken number one overall tonight in this 2022 nba draft hey i appreciate you coming on the show and your time let everybody know where they can find your locked on magic podcast where hopefully we're going to have a couple auburn players that they can follow yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely follow, you'll probably definitely have two with, with Chuma Okiki. Uh, we're, we're still really, really big fans. We're still really big fans of Chuma. But uh, you can find me, uh, find the podcast wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On, Locked On Magic. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Search there for Locked On Magic. I'll be going live on my YouTube channel tonight to recap the draft uh, at midnight Eastern time, so 11 p.m. Central time, uh, when, about the time the draft is ending. Uh, so we so we'll chat about about what the magic did tonight. You know, celebrating of course because it's it's, it's a big night. Uh, and you can all, you can follow me on Twitter at Philip R R underscore O M D. That's Philip with one L R R underscore O M D for more. And and thanks for having me on. That was my conversation with Philip Rossman Reich, the host of Locked On Magic podcast. Had some exciting stuff. He's very confident in Jabari Smith going number one overall tonight to the Orlando Magic and. 
possibly Walker Kessler getting drafted by the Magic as well. We're going to have to wait and see. How exciting would that be? Three Auburn players on the same NBA team with Chuma, Jabari, and Walker. We'll have to see how it goes. Big thank you to Philip Rossman Reich, the host of the Locked On Magic podcast. Make sure you go and listen to that because, look, you can follow them for Auburn players' coverage in the NBA right now. There's no better place to do it than the Orlando Magic and, of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers with Isaac Okoro. Let's take our final break here on hour number one. We'll come back and wrap up the first hour of the show. Stay tuned. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Big thank you to Philip Rossman Reich. Uh, He is the host of the Locked On Magic podcast. I had a conversation with him earlier today. Big thank you to him uh, for coming on and giving us all the information about what to expect from the Orlando Magic in the NBA draft tonight, why he thinks Jabari Smith from Auburn will be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, and also maybe a dark horse of Walker Kessler possibly getting drafted by the Magic as well. So big thank you to him for coming on and doing that. If you missed any of that conversation, make sure you go and find the podcast today. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I will upload it immediately following today's show, so make sure you go and find that. Phone lines are still open, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, if you want to talk about Jabari and Walker going to the NBA draft tonight, if you want to talk about Arch Manning committing to Texas, if you want to talk about the College World Series, Anything you want to talk about, I'd love to hear from you as we wrap up hour number one. We have a couple of more minutes. 334-321-1390. Tonight, win or go home. It's actually in a couple of minutes in the College World Series. It's a win or go home. Arkansas and Ole Miss. The Razorbacks stayed alive last night. They beat Ole Miss 3-2. to two. The Rebels taking their first loss in postseason play in the, uh, in the in postseason. It's crazy to think about Ole Miss. Their first loss, they lose to Arkansas 3-2 to two in what was one of the, lo- the lowest scoring games of the tournament. Five runs. We've seen it a couple of times, but especially with these two teams, they can put on some runs. And last night, it was a 3-2 to two victory for Arkansas. Today they play, I believe they play at 3 o'clock, so it should be coming up here in just a few minutes. The winner moves on to take on Oklahoma, and the winner goes home. Who will it be, Arkansas or Ole Miss? Should be a great game. Uh, I'll have it on here in the studio, so I will make sure to give you, sh- or give, you, um, give you score updates as the show goes on. Should be a fantastic game, Arkansas and Ole Miss. Winner moves on to play Oklahoma in the championship series. The loser is out. I would be shocked if Ole Miss loses today. Not sure, though. We're going to have to see how that goes down. The College World Series, it's getting slimmer and slimmer as we await the the matchup for Oklahoma in the College World Series Championship Series. That will be a best of three as well. Of course, you got to win two out of three to win the national championship. But that will be tonight. Also, of course, Arch Manning committed to Texas. We'll talk about that in hour number two as well. What a great first hour. Stick around. Hour number two should be just as good. We'll talk to Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. We'll have making headlines and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Hour number two of On the Line coming up.
you are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Thursday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this sunny and hot Thursday afternoon. Hopefully you're staying safe, staying cool. Check your cars at all times before you get out. Please, please, please do that. But hope you're doing well on this Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Welcome in if you're still here from hour number one. Thank you so much if you're just now tuning in for hour number two. Thank you so much as well. I appreciate you here on this Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. If you missed any of our number one, it was a good one. Make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following today's show. So make sure you go and find that. We talked to Philip Rosman Reich. He is the the Locked On Magic host pod. He is the host of the Locked On Magic podcast. Uh, we talked to him about the NBA draft coming up tonight, what to expect from the Orlando Magic with that number one overall pick, and why he believes they are going to take Jabari Smith number one overall. So if you missed any of that conversation or anything else from our number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Phone lines are open here in hour number two. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, college world series, NBA draft, college football. We have a lot to talk about here in hour number two. You can call in, be a part of the show. Let me know what's on your mind. 334-321-1390. Also here in hour number two. As we always do on Thursday afternoons, we're going to talk to Chris Cordy, the host of Locked On SEC. He's going to come on and tell us everything going on around the SEC with baseball and football. Lots to talk about with him. So that will be at 3.30. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Chris Cordy, host of Locked On SEC. Again, phone lines are open. Call in. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll start hour number two like we always do with making headlines Here on Thursday, June 23rd, 2022, 72 days away from the college football season until September 3rd, 72 days away. The countdown continues here on the show. The countdown to 50 is on, folks. When we hit 50 days, I'm telling you, it's going to go by in in a flash. I cannot wait. 72 days away from the 2022 college football season. The headlines here on June 23rd, 2022, of course, the 2022 NBA draft is tonight at 7 o'clock. You can tune in right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Opelika, and you can catch the entire coverage of the NBA draft uh, on the radio side right here on ESPN 106.7. Good analysts. They'll have all the picks live. Everything you need for the NBA draft, you can tune in for coverage right here on ESPN 106.7. Tune in. You can hear Jabari Smith get his name called early, early in that first round. 
We're hoping it'll be number one overall, but it will be early in that round nonetheless. So make sure you tune in for that. Also, we expect Walker Kessler from Auburn to be drafted tonight as well. I think he will be drafted late first round. It was looking like it was early second round, but I think after talking to some people, uh, I think he's going to end up sneaking in the late first round, Walker Kessler will. So make sure you tune in for that, the 2022 NBA draft right here on ESPN 106.7. Moving on with making headlines, I wanted to announce that we had the NBA draft, but to talk about the draft a little bit with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler Look, I expect Jabari to be going number one overall to the Orlando Magic tonight. I think he's the best player in the draft. I think he has the most potential of any other player in the draft. I like Paolo Bancaro from Duke. I'm not sold on Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. I know he's good. He's lengthy. He's tall, and he can move better than a lot of centers, but I think he's extremely skinny. I don't know if he's going to be able to put on the weight and the body to be able to play up to the physicality of some of the centers in the NBA. And look, I know he was able to shoot in college, but can he do it consistently at the pro level? I'm just not sold. I'm not sold on Chad Holmgren. He may prove me wrong. He might. He may prove me wrong, and you can call me and say I told you so, but I just don't think he's going to pan out in the NBA. I really don't. I think Paolo Bancaro can be a really good player in the NBA. I don't know if he'll be that dude in the NBA, Um, but I like his potential. He's very, very good off the dribble. He can finish at the rim. He's going to have to adjust and develop a jump shot a little bit. But other than that, I think he's got it. I think he's got what it takes. I really do. I like Paolo Bancaro a lot. His upside is really big as well, but nobody compares to Jabari Smith. If you take the biasy out of it, right, obviously – uh, I'm an Auburn fan. I, I went to Auburn and all of that. Even if you take that part out of it, Jabari Smith is a fantastic basketball player. I, I'm, a, I'm a basketball enthusiast. I love watching basketball and breaking down the game and breaking down players and their individual games. And when it comes to Jabari Smith, there's not very many like him. right? He can shoot from anywhere in the gym, lights out, and I love to say it. He's a stone-cold killer, right? He, he really is. I, I, I say that for fun, but he really is. And you can't teach that. You can teach a guy to shoot, but you can't teach him to be a stone-cold killer. He, he, has, uh, he has developed that over time. That's going to come in handy in the NBA. If you want a guy who you can put the ball in his hands to take the last shot, that's Jabari Smith. Notice I didn't say put the ball in his hands to win you the basketball game. Because I think there's a difference there. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, LeBron, those types of guys, obviously veterans, but you can put the ball in their hands and say, go win the basketball game. Damian Lillard, right? Those types of players. Obviously, Jabari, he's not there yet. You can give him the ball and say, shoot, and he's going to do it. And more than likely, he's going to make it. If you give him a set play and he gets to take the last shot, yeah, you feel really good with that. But coming down the floor with seven or eight seconds on the clock, I'm not super confident giving Jabari Smith the basketball and say, go win the game. He's going to take a shot, right? But it's probably not going to be the best shot that the team could get. He's probably not going to be able to create for a teammate. 
He hasn't, he hasn't had to do that yet, but I think he can. He needs to, and he needs to develop that in the NBA. And if he does, watch out, because Jabari Smith can become one of the best players in the NBA. I really do think he can. It's going to take a lot, right? It's going to take a lot of work, but he's already so good. He's NBA ready right now. And he can add on these things like dribbling the basketball, playmaking, finishing at the rim, putting the ball on the floor. If he can adapt and develop those things, watch out because Jabari Smith is going to be fantastic. I think he goes number one overall in the NBA draft tonight. With Walker Kessler, we know the situation with him. I think he goes late first round. He better go to the right team because if he doesn't, I think he struggles and I don't think he'll last in the NBA if he goes to the wrong team. He needs to go somewhere that will develop him. He needs to go somewhere that they don't need him to be. They don't need to rely on him right away, right? They don't need, he doesn't need that because if they throw him in the fire right off the bat, it's not going to work. He needs some time to get bigger, stronger, and better. Let's just be honest. The guy can play. He's great defensively. He can block shots and he can dunk, but that's about it. He's got to build a couple of other things in his game, shooting and physicality. I think if he can get those two things in his skill set, he'll be a great player. He's got to go to a team that can build that in him over time without having to rely on him too much. If he can go to a team like that, I think he has a great NBA career. The 2022 NBA Draft tonight right here on ESPN 106.7. We expect to see two Auburn guys get taken off the board in the first round. Moving on and making headlines, the big news coming out of college football today, the Arch Manning saga has concluded. He is committed to play for the University of Texas. He goes and plays for the Longhorns. Steve Sarkeesian, he gets the recruiting victory he was looking for. One of the biggest quarterback recruits of all time, one of the most hyped up recruits I've ever seen coming out of high school, has committed to play for Texas in what was... Kind of a shock, honestly. I mean, he took visits to Georgia and Alabama, a couple of other big schools, and he chose Texas. Now, why? Who knows, right? Who knows? There's a lot of reasons, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But Arch Manning, we know the family name, we know the family history, and we know that this kid can play. I was talking about that in hour number one. Sure, he was getting recruited for his last name, But he was also really good, and he is really good. The guy can play. He is so good. But my concern with Arch Manning, can he live up to the expectations? Can he live up to the hype? I've never seen a recruit get hyped up and have this high level of expectations coming out of high school. And I think as time goes on, now that he is committed to a school, it's only going to get worse for him on the expectations. I think when he gets to Texas... They're going to expect a national championship from him. They are. They're going to expect a Heisman Trophy and a national championship from him before he leaves the state of Texas. Is that going to happen? Before he leaves Austin, that's what they want. Between Sark and Arch Manning, they expect that. They expect those two things. They will by the time he gets there. I just don't know if he can live up to it. Honestly, I hope he does. I hope that he can come in and play his own game. And I think that's why he went to Texas. He wants to do his own thing. He didn't go to Tennessee. He didn't go to Ole Miss. He went to Texas, somewhere that people didn't think he would go, and yet here he is. Maybe he wants to build Texas and be part of Texas being quote-unquote back. Maybe so. 
We're going to find out Arch Manning. He has committed to play for Texas. That came out earlier today. Moving on and making headlines in the College World Series, getting underway, Arkansas and Ole Miss in a winner-take-all game for a spot in the championship round to face Oklahoma after Arkansas beat Ole Miss last night 3-2. The Rebels and the Razorbacks go at it right now, and the winner moves on to play Oklahoma in the championship series. The loser is out. So a huge game in the College World Series. Should be a fantastic matchup. I think a lot of runs will be scored. Uh, There was only five last night, which is kind of surprising, not just for that matchup, but really surprising for this College World Series as well. But that game is going on right now, so go and watch that. Listen to me. Watch that at the same time if you can. Arkansas and Ole Miss, they are playing right now in a winner-take-all game for a spot in the final at the College World Series. Moving on and making headlines in the Stanley Cup final, the Colorado Avalanche, they win game four in overtime last night and a controversial goal possibly was an off or not an offsides, but a too many men on the ice that was not called. And then Colorado would go on to score in that possession. They win the game in overtime. They take a 3-1 series lead over Tampa Bay. It's not looking good for the Lightning as Colorado takes advantage. They steal one on the road. They head back to Colorado for game five. I could see the Avalanche wrapping this thing up at home. I really could. I picked the Avalanche at the beginning. I'm surprised Tampa Bay got a win after the first two games, but hey, you never know. We've seen crazier things in the game of hockey, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll see how it goes. The Colorado Avalanche on top of the Tampa Bay Lightning, three to one in the series. Game five is back in Colorado. Moving on and making headlines, the Braves last night, they walk off the Giants. Remember, they're playing in a tough, tough series, a four-game series with the San Francisco Giants, who are second in the National League West, one of the best divisions in baseball. They also wrapped up the series today. They played really early today, and they won, the Braves did. 7-6 to six was the final on a day that the Braves rested quite a few people. So the Braves were able to steal a win against the Giants after resting quite a few players in the batting order. The Braves win 7-6 to six after scoring one in the first, five in the second, and then San Francisco was able to chip away a little bit. But they, the, the Braves, excuse me, were able to wrap this thing up. They win the series 3-1. to one. And now they welcome in the Los Angeles Dodgers for a three-game series this weekend in Atlanta. So the Braves, you know, coming off of that win streak, they lost a couple of games to the Cubs. And I talked about how the Braves need to just stay consistent, keep winning games, avoid big losing streaks, and stay consistent. I think they found themselves for now. We'll see how it goes as we are nearing the end of June. We'll see if they can keep up as we are heading to July And, of course, into the rest of the season, near the end of the season, of course. For the Braves, again, stay consistent. Win series. Don't go on a big losing streak and just continue to fight in the in, in your division. You're behind the Mets still. You've got a big series with the Dodgers coming up this weekend. You need to take two of three from them and just keep continuing to grind if you're the Atlanta Braves. For now... It seems like they've found themselves, and that's really good. A good sign for the Braves. They win the series against the Giants 3-1 to after a walk-off win last night and a 7-6 to victory today over the San Francisco Giants. And last headline today here on Thursday, June 23rd, 2022 the travelers championship in golf is underway this is one of the most fun tournaments or one of the more fun tournaments i should say uh in the in the golf season the travelers is one of those that 
a lot of big names play, and you see a lot of really, really low scores, and already you see some just extremely low scores in this first round. And it's interesting who's the top of the leaderboard after the first round. There's still a couple guys out on the course, but this guy played early, and he shot real low. And his name has been in the headlines for golf quite a bit in this past week or so. Rory McIlroy, he is on top after the first round after shooting eight under par in the first round. That's insane. This is one of those tournaments where you're going to see, I mean, you're going to see 20 to 23 under is going to win. Something in the 20s will win this tournament. I'm not the biggest fan of these. They're fun every now and then. Like this one is normally pretty fun. You get to see a lot of birdies. You get to see eagles. You get to see hole-in-ones, right? I'm more of a fan of... I want a tournament where a guy has to grind it out. I want to see the pros sweat. That's what I like to watch. You get that a lot in the majors. Obviously, this is not one of them. This is a tournament where you get a lot of low scores from the pros. But I think it's interesting after the first round in the PGA. This is a PGA event. Rory McIlroy on top after shooting eight under. Xander Shoffley with a seven under. Uh, Also, Laird is seven under. Uh, You've got Webb Simpson at six under. There's some big names. Patrick Cantlay is at four under. He's playing on the course right now. So, But not as many big names as you would normally see because, of course, a lot of them have gone to the Live Golf Tour. So interesting to see how the PGA responds. I'm interested to see how the TV ratings are this weekend for the Travelers Championship. It's normally a pretty good tournament to watch on TV. We'll see how it goes. The feud between the PGA and the Live Tour lives on. How about that? That's it for headlines here on Thursday, June 23rd. Call in. Phone lines are open. Anything you that I just talked about that you want to chime in on, uh, the College World Series, Arch Manning, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call. 334-321-1390. If you missed it in hour number one, the question of the day, why do you think Arch Manning chose Texas over the other schools that were recruiting him? That's the question. Why is Arch Manning going to Texas not saying it's a bad thing. Just want to know what your thoughts on Arch Manning committing to Texas are. 334-321-1390. We're off and running here in hour number two. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about that question of the day and why Arch Manning is going to Texas. Stay tuned. More of On the Line on the other side of this break. Back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Matthew, welcome in. Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, man? Not too bad, not too bad. I called to talk with you about Arch Manning. Yeah, what you got? All right, so I... You asked the question, why did he go to Texas? I think it. Uh, I think Texas made the most sense for him in a sense that uh, if he does go to Texas and he is successful, he kind of gets cemented as a legend. I mean, can you imagine being the guy that brings Texas back? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's. I think that is a very good point. Something that I I thought about. You know. He can go to Texas, and if he does live up to the hype that I've been talking about and the the expectations that are on him, you're absolutely right. He could be the guy that brings Texas back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's just he kind of he bets on himself here a little bit. Um, if he does it, if he does it at Alabama or UGA, you know, he he kind of just keeps it going. They're they're already winning. They're already, you know, they're already there. But if he 
does it at Texas, and he brings Texas back. He, I mean, I just, I, I don't think us normal people can really imagine what it'd be like to, to be that. No, and, you know, I think also, obviously, his family has done incredible things, right? And this is sort of a move to let him go and do his own thing and, and have the potential to build his own legacy. I think that's super important. And, honestly, I think it's super mature of him as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, good uh, to hey, man. Jacob. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the call. That was Matthew here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You can call in as well, 334 321 1390 talking about the question of the day why do you think arch manning chose texas that's the question of the day of course he has committed to play for the longhorns give me a call 334-321-1390 look matthew brings up a great point if arch manning goes to alabama or georgia he was saying he just kind of continues on the dominance of those two schools right which I mean, you, there's nothing wrong with that, right? If you go to Alabama or go to Georgia or even Ohio State, whoever, those big schools, Clemson, whatever it may be, those schools are already dominant. They're already winning championships or at least competing for championships. And, you know, quarterback play has become so big at those schools. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is he could go to Texas, a school like Texas, and... He could rebuild the program. He could be the quarterback that, like Matthew said, brings Texas officially back. Now, since they've said that, it's, it has not been very good, but they've never had a guy like Arch Manning come in. So I think it's interesting. And like I said, I think it is a very mature move for Arch Manning to go to Texas because, sure, he could have gone to Alabama. He could have gone to Georgia. He could have gone to Ohio State. He could have gone anywhere in the country. And he could have gone to those big-time schools and competed for the starting job. He probably would have won it at some point and probably could have competed for a national championship. He's going to get developed pretty good and probably had a chance to go pro. But is that going to be the most challenging for him? And I feel like a guy that comes from the Manning family wants something of a challenge in the game of football. I feel like somebody from the Manning family wants, wants it to be a little bit difficult. They want to earn it a little bit, right? I don't think they want to take the easy way out. They're not saying that Alabama, Georgia, any of the other schools are easy because obviously they work hard and their hard work pays off. But like Matthew said, it was a great phone call. I appreciate it. He goes to a place like Texas, and let's say that all of these expectations and all of this hype Let's say Arch Manning is able to actually live up to it. Let's say that Arch Manning wins a Heisman Trophy at Texas. Let's say he wins a national championship at Texas. His name goes down in the history books forever. He will be a legend in the state of Texas. He will be a legend in the SEC. He'll be a legend in college football. If you go to Alabama or Georgia right now, yeah, you're going to be in the history books probably, but somebody else is going to do it right after you do. Somebody else just did it right before you. Now, let's be honest, that's a good problem to have. We would love if Auburn was in that scenario, right? We would love if Auburn could be doing that. I mean, what a horrible problem to have. All you can do is bring in five stars to compete for national championships every year. Boo, right? But for Arch Manning, I think it's a little bit more than that. He knows he's good, right? He knows that he could probably start at most of these schools. 
But I think he wanted something different than same old, same old, let's just go to a winning program. We can go to this historic program that needs some help. They need a guy. If, if I'm Arch Manning, this is my thought process. I'm going to go to Texas. They need a guy like me to be successful again. This program is historic. They have a new head coach who has a fantastic history of quarterbacks and coaching quarterbacks and developing quarterbacks with Coach Sark. Why not go to Texas and try to build the future? Why not try to bring Texas back? That's historic. That's big time right there. That's a great opportunity for him. And I'm sure him and his family talked about that. I'm sure they did. He could have gone anywhere in the country. We know that. We absolutely know that. And when you look at it, again, it it all comes down to what was important to him, what was most important to him. The only people that are going to know that are him and his family and now, of course, Texas. But I think he wanted something different than just the big spotlight at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, whoever. I think he wanted to go somewhere where he goes to a coach that has great history with quarterbacks, and he goes to a great historical program, a program that will be in the SEC, and he gets to build his own legacy and do his own thing. I think that speaks volumes to Arch Manning. Good buddy Dylan Martinez back from Ohio. He commented on my uh, Twitter post today. Of course, I try to post the question of the day on my Twitter every day. He says, probably wanted to build his own legacy and revive a blue blood. And I mean, come on, Austin's an easy choice over Athens and Tuscaloosa. (laughs) That's what Dylan says. Plus, Sark's resume with QBs. That's what he said on my Twitter post. I agree. The Austin thing? Yeah, probably. But, again, you go to Texas, you get to build your own legacy, you start from the bottom, and you're going to be the best one there. I think it's a great move. I really do. And I, I'm impressed with Arch Manning going to Texas. It's a bold move because of where Texas is as a program compared to the other schools that he was visiting. Stay tuned. We're going to talk to Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, about Arch Manning and so much more around the SEC. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Thirty minutes left here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Welcoming our good buddy Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, in his normal Thursday 3:30 slot. Chris, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it as always. We've got a lot to talk about. And of course, we'll start with the big news coming out of college football today. The the Arch Manning saga has concluded with his commitment to Texas. What are your reactions to uh, the the star quarterback coming out of high school committing to play for Coach Sark? Yeah, not super surprising. I mean, I think a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, if you had asked me, I said it, it was feeling like Texas, and then I thought Georgia was making some momentum because he'd taken a visit there, and we were hearing a lot of uh, a lot of rumblings on how much he really liked the Georgia coaching staff. It kind of started to seem like Alabama was out of the picture after Eli Holstein committed there, and you know, I know some people were like, oh, don't, don't, just, don't count out Alabama, even though they got Holstein. I'm like, I just couldn't imagine Saban going and saying, yeah, let's find two really 
you know, top-tier quarterbacks in the same class. It's just not usually his style. I know other schools have done it before, but in this transfer portal day and age where, you know, you basically got kids on a one-year rental and, you know, if they don't win the job or, you know, they don't earn the starting spot, they're hitting the transfer portal. So it seemed unlikely. So I kind of thought here the last couple of weeks it was a two-horse race between Georgia and Texas. And Georgia would have made a lot of sense. Stetson Bennett's about to graduate. I know Georgia's got a deep depth chart of quarterbacks with Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff and all these other guys. But, um, you know, Arch would have walked in and been, you know, competing for the spot from day one at Georgia. At Texas, it's just interesting because Quinn Ewers was one of the top quarterbacks last year, went to Ohio State, got his NIL deal from them, and then transferred down to Texas, got his NIL deal down to Austin. But you know, he'll be a redshirt freshman, and he projects to be the starting quarterback at Texas at least for the next two years. So, you know, is the Manning family maybe looking at it where they say, well, maybe it'd probably be best for Arch's development if he sits a year behind uh, behind Quinn Ewers in 2023 and, you know, maybe plays in the four games and still takes his redshirt and then uh, and they could be the starter for the next two, three years after that at, at Texas. It's certainly possible. But a lot of things can happen here. I mean, I've been running through all the scenarios in my head today going, all right, well, what if Quinn Ewers is really, really good? You know, then we're saying Arch Manning barely plays in 2023. What if Quinn Ewers stinks this year and he's out the door? We could be talking about Arch starting in 2023. And then this scenario popped up in my head. I said, what happens? You know, Texas just went 5-7 and seven last year in the Big 12, 3-6 and six in the Big 12 uh, conference play in Steve Sarkeesian's year one. What happens if they don't improve this year? Let's say they go 6-6 six and six and they lose to TCU and Kansas and teams that have no business losing to. Does Texas start to consider, hey, two years in the Steve Sarkeesian, this is a disaster, let's fire him? Or do they say, yeah, it's been a terrible two years, but you know what? If we fire Sark, we're going to lose Arch. So let's keep Sark just so we get Arch and maybe he turns this thing around. There's just so many kind of hypotheticals and scenarios we could throw out there, but yeah, to answer your initial question, not surprised he picked Texas because the funny thing about it is, you know, I saw somebody tweet out, "Oh, Arch is running from the SEC." No, Texas is coming to the SEC. So, That's right. Uh, you know, he's going to play here eventually, whether he likes it or not. And I think a lot of people, you know, on the west side of the SEC are starting to look at it, whether it's Oklahoma or A and M or LSU or Arkansas, saying, "Yeah, are we going to do the pod system?" Because if you put Texas with us. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to see Arch Manning a couple times. So it'll just be interesting how that one plays out, too. Well, there's no doubt that Arch Manning and the entire Manning family, they knew Texas was going to be in the SEC. And, of course, the other two schools, Alabama Georgia, obviously are already in the SEC. So I think they knew that playing in the SEC was where they wanted to be. And ultimately, Arch has chosen Texas over Georgia. In your opinion, was that the smarter move, or would you have rather him see or seen him go to Georgia? Yeah, I, again, I just thought Georgia made a lot of sense. You're, you're out of the shadow of dad and uncle. You know, a lot of people were like, uh, he's not going to Tennessee. He's not going to Ole Miss. A lot of that talk came up early on because he wanted to go create his own legacy. And he could have done that at Georgia, and he would have been surrounded by a lot of talent, a lot of five-star talent on the defense, on the offense. And, you know, Kirby is, is as good as any coach out there in terms of development and all that. So, you know, I just thought Georgia would have made a lot of sense not that far from uh you know for you know a quick plane flight from new orleans and all that but you know he's going over to austin i just wonder hitching your wagon to steve sarkeesian what if he isn't the guy in austin or the right guy for the job then what happens you know and, and i'm sure it would mean arch hitting the transfer portal and all that but one big thing i did learn 
and kind of talking to people close to the Manning family is that this was this was ultimately Arch's decision. The Mannings did not, you know, this was not Cooper Manning saying, Arch, you got to go here, or Eli or Peyton saying, Arch, you got to go here. They could certainly have their input, sure, but at the end of the day, they stressed this was Arch's decision. You know, they got out of the way when, when he was time, time to make his announcement, and uh, this is ultimately what Arch decided. So, you know, Uncle Peyton could have wanted something else. Uncle Eli could have wanted something. Grandpa Archie could have wanted something else. But this was ultimately Arch's decision, and he's going to go to Texas. And, you know, to, to your point, though, on the SEC, I mean, if, if, if everything holds firm and we still wait it out, you know, we could be talking three more years before Texas is in the SEC. And, you know, what do you get at that point? One year of arch in the conference? So, I, I don't know. I, I still think with the Big 12 making additions next, uh, next summer that this thing could change very quickly. Speaking to Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, how much of a factor do you think Sark's past and, you know, his impact on quarterbacks and his development of quarterbacks in the past, how much do you think that played into the commitment of Arch Manning to Texas? I think it's huge. And look, Stark's got a great track record when you look at Carson Palmer and Matt Leiner and Mark Sanchez and, uh, you know, Jake Locker when he was at Washington and then Tua at Alabama. He has had a great history of working with quarterbacks. And oh, by the way, a lot of those guys were not only Heisman Trophy winners, but top 10 draft picks in, in the NFL. So I think a lot of people are looking at that saying that he's got the pedigree and you know, it's, uh, you know, Sark can help get Arch there, but I just feel like any coach could get Arch there. He's got the Manning bloodline, right? I mean, the kid is already one of the better uh, high school quarterbacks, and I just feel like, uh, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to be very productive. And when it's all said and done, he'll probably be a top 10 pick in the draft. And, you know, again, Sark can sell him on, you know, I'll get you there, but I just feel like just about any, any college coach would have been able to get him there, whether that was Saban or Kirby or whoever he would have decided to play for. Speaking with Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, let's transition into basketball a little bit. Tonight is the 2022 NBA draft, of course. Auburn specifically, we're looking to see Jabari Smith go very, very high in the first round, hopefully number one overall. Obviously, he played at Auburn in the tough SEC, one of the best conferences in college basketball. You know, why should, in your opinion, should Jabari Smith be number one, and if so, why? Yeah, I, I just feel like Jabari was was a freak. I mean, he's he can literally uh, you know line up on on anybody on the court. Uh, we saw his offensive game grow throughout this season. Uh, I think he's a little bit better defensively than the other two guys. If we're talking Chet and Paolo, and Chet, Chet I think can be good defensively down the road, but he's certainly got to put on some weight, uh, you know, a lot of weight and strength. But I think Jabari's just kind of a you know all around kind of player that can develop into you know, whatever style I think, you know, the team needs of it's rumored right now, you know, that or the Orlando magic are going to take him number one and man, they need star power. They need somebody that they can sell jerseys and put butts in the seats and start to build a foundation around. And I think Jabari can be that guy. So I'm excited for, for him. I, I, you know, I didn't realize going back to the history of you know, Auburn really has not had a, a great history of, of high, um, you know, NBA draft picks, as we're particularly in recent years. So this would be a huge feather in the cap of Bruce Pearl to, you know, go out and sell, hey, look, we got our guy one and done and, and got him the number one pick in the, you know, became the number one pick in the NBA draft. So I think it'd be huge for Auburn and, and, and Bruce Pearl moving forward, but certainly would be uh, uh, great for Jabari and his family who, 
you know, had a tough decision throughout his whole recruitment and, and picked the right the right move and going to Auburn. They didn't have the postseason success that everybody was hoping for, but certainly did enough on that court. As Bruce Pearl said the other day, uh, you know, it was that UConn game that he really started to say, okay, this kid is built different. Uh, the effort that he put out there on the court, and I, I think it was the Bahamas Classic or one of those, but the Atlantis Classic. But um, no, I thought uh, I think Jabari Smith was was awesome in college. I think he's going to be a really good pro and. I think he'll be a little bit more pro-ready and hit the ground running than somebody, say, like Chet Holmgren, who I think is going to need a few years to develop. And, Chris, when you look at around the SEC at some of the players who are going to be at the draft tonight and, and probably drafted in the first round, who are a couple of other SEC players that you think will be drafted tonight that people should have their eyes on? Yeah, Shaden Sharp from Kentucky is the weird one, and I say that from Kentucky with an asterisk because he's the kid that – you know, reclassified, was able to finish high school early, get on campus at Kentucky. He was supposed to be a class of 2023 recruit, uh, or 2022, however you want to look at it, going into next season. Uh, but he reclassified, got on campus in January, and was sitting on the bench for Kentucky. And it was like this standoff throughout the whole uh, spring semester where it was like, you know, Calipari didn't want to just throw him out there. He's like, he's got to earn it. And then Shaden Sharp was like, well, I'm not playing unless I'm playing heavy minutes and all this kind of stuff. So ultimately what happened was Shaden Sharp just never played for Kentucky. He sat on the bench and wore a Kentucky jersey, but we never really got to see him play. So, I th- you know, all the mock drafts have him going top six, top seven tonight. It just seems like a real crapshoot because we didn't even get to see a taste of this guy playing college. We're literally going on just this high school film. And so – it's going to be a real gamble, you know, but, you know, look, if you like him, then, then buy, buy high on him and, and take a chance. The other guy that I'm really interested to see is Tari Easton out of LSU. He had a really good year for LSU this year, really developed as the season went along. They used him. He played starter minutes, but he came off the bench, so he really was technically a starter, even though he didn't come in at the, you know, at the start of the game. But uh, Will Wade gave him a lot of freedom defensively and offensively, and I think as he continues to grow, I think he'll turn into a really good player. So I keep seeing anywhere from 15, 16, 17. So that'll be at least three SEC guys that we'll have in the top 20. And there's a couple other guys. You know, Walker Kessler, does he sneak into the back end of the first? I think he does. Uh, Tennessee's got a couple guys. So we'll see. You know, even Kentucky's Ty Ty Washington, I've seen him slated at the back end of the first. So uh, when it's all said and done, we'll probably have five or six SEC guys go in the first round tonight. But uh Certainly, Jabari is the is going to be the hallmark of this draft. We've got Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, on the phone. We've talked football. We've talked basketball. Let's talk a little baseball, my friend. As the College World Series is dwindling down, we have a winner-take-all Game 3 going on right now between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Of course, Auburn has been knocked out of the College World Series. Just talk about the SEC as a whole, where they're going to have a, a, an SEC team in the National Championship Series at the College World Series. Yeah, and I think the official stat on that was coming into this year was 12 of 13. So I think 13 of the last 14 now uh, College World Series championships and SEC team has played in it. And that's just absolutely insane, absurd. When we talk about how they've dominated the football championship, certainly we've had our fair share of Final Four teams the last decade plus, but it, it's nothing like the dominance that we've had in football and baseball. Just when you talk about literally – I mean, every year an SEC team is playing for the College World Series championship. We've even had years, like a few years ago, where LSU and Florida played each other. Uh, you know, we've had the football championship this year was Alabama versus Georgia. It just shows the, the dominance of the conference. I'm looking forward to in a couple of weeks 
uh, going to SEC media days in Atlanta and talking with the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, and ask him this question every year. And it's funny because he always answers, answers it the same way. But I say, does it ever get old? You ever get tired of winning? You ever get tired of your conference just dominating everything? Because it does, from track and field to gymnastics to soccer. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The SEC is always competing for championships, always competing for titles, and it's going to get even more ridiculous when Oklahoma and Texas come because we know how dominant those programs are. And you just said it, Oklahoma's going, and you know they may win it all this year, and that's a future SEC team. So, yeah, it, it, it's been a fun run. I thought Auburn, you know, that. Man, they, they rode that wave as long as they can, and you know Mason Barnett just didn't have it the other night. The the McIntyre kid for Arkansas was just, I mean, he was dominant. I, there was nothing Auburn could do with the way he was throwing it, but uh, it was a great run for Butch Thompson. I'm sure they'll start talking contract negotiation, you know, extension with him. It's been a great run for Ole Miss. It's been a great run for Dave Van Horn in Arkansas, so... Uh, yeah, it's just so funny when we start to talk about some of these guys and question them, like Mike Bianco at Ole Miss, and oh, should he go on the hot seat? And all of a sudden, he turns around and gets gets to Omaha and has his team go this deep. So it's it's been a lot of fun watching these SEC teams because man, they they are all super talented in their own unique way, and I think it's only going to get tougher as the SEC years go along in baseball. We've got Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. One more question before I let you get out of here. Of course, the winner-take-all between Arkansas and Ole Miss is happening right now. The winner will move on to play Oklahoma in a best-of-three for the national championship. Who's your pick and why? Uh, what's the score right now? Uh, I haven't, uh, haven't checked the, the well, scoreboard I haven't, yet. Well, I but... haven't looked since we've been on the phone. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I liked Arkansas coming in. I, I thought Arkansas and Texas were two of the more talented teams. Texas got ousted uh very early in this. So I'm riding with Arkansas. They were one of my predictions early on. But, yeah, if it, if it ends up being Arkansas, Oklahoma, I think um, I think it's going to be really, really good because Arkansas has got the bats. They're elite defensively. If you've seen Jalen battle, some of the plays that he's made, he's been absolutely ridiculous. And they got the pitching with Connor Nolan, who's been fantastic this season. So uh, I like Arkansas, but if Ole Miss gets in there, man, Dylan Delucia has been so good for them throughout this postseason. And, yeah, they've got a couple guys like Tim Elko who come up big. So, uh, really, you know, whoever wins this game, I think is going to have a really good chance against Oklahoma. And you know, come on, we got to ride with the SEC team, even if it's even if you're an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan or whatever. Sometimes you you got to tip the cap. And you know, Mississippi State won it last year. I think it'd be really cool for another SEC West team to win it this year. I agree. I think the SEC, you got to cheer for them when your team is out. Hey, Chris, it's 0-0, bottom of the third. Just a little update for you and everybody listening. We appreciate you coming on the show, as always. Uh, Let everybody know where they can find all your stuff, man. Yeah, just LockedOnSEC.com is where you can find the audio version of the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, or if you want to see the video version of the show, we do that now. I've been doing that for a year at YouTube. So just go to YouTube, type LockedOnSEC. And you'll find us there. We're going to have some great content. I'll actually be at the uh, Manning Passing Academy tomorrow. So we should get some uh, great stuff with, I think, uh, a count of 12 SEC quarterbacks are going to be there. So hopefully you catch up with some of those guys. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of buzz all around there about Arch's decision. So we'll have all that for you next week on Locked SEC. Well, good stuff as always, man. Hey, I'll talk to you next week, all right? All right. Thanks, man. That was Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, talking SEC football, basketball, and baseball. Great stuff as always. Always make sure you go find his podcast, man. He's got great stuff. Always a good time talking and catching up with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Let's take our final break here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with final take.
Wrapping up the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. Big thank you to Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. Just got off the phone with him. Great interview, as always. We talked about the Arch Manning commitment to Texas. Uh, we talked about the NBA draft tonight, what to expect from uh, the SEC players in the draft tonight, and then the College World Series. Talked a little bit about Auburn's season wrapping up, and then his prediction for the national championship in the College World Series. So if you missed any of that conversation or any other uh, any other part of the show today make sure you go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts also back in hour number one uh, talk to Philip Rossman Reich he is the host of locked on magic talk to him about uh, who the magic are are expected to take I should say in the first pick of the draft tonight why he thinks it will be Jabari Smith and all and ultimately what he expects Jabari Smith to become once he is drafted into the NBA. So if you missed that conversation, the Chris Gordy interview, or any other part of the show today, again, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It's been a great show today. And for final take, it's going to be about the draft, okay? My final take today with the 2022 NBA draft being tonight. Remember, you can tune in right here at 7 o'clock on ESPN 106.7. They'll have all the coverage of the NBA draft. It'll be the ESPN national broadcast of the NBA draft right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika. Also, just an announcement as I drop my pen. Just an announcement, The Drive, tune in at 5.30. They're going to have their final conversation of the year with Sonny DeShera on Tiger Takes. So make sure you tune in and stay tuned for that. Tiger Takes with Sonny DeShera on The Drive at 5.30. So make sure you stay tuned for that. The final take today on the NBA draft is this. Jabari Smith, he will be the number one pick in the draft tonight. Walker Kessler will sneak in to the late first round of the draft. Jabari will have... I think he's going to have a great career. Now, will he become the next Kevin Durant? I'm not sure. That's pretty high expectations, if you ask me. I think Jabari Smith is going to the right team. I think the Magic are a great fit for him. He will join a team of young talent that is dedicated to winning that will be successful in years to come. Walker Kessler. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I like the kid. I think he's really good. He seems like a great guy. I just don't see it lasting very long for him in the NBA. I I just don't, unfortunately. I don't think he's going to be able to develop fast enough and develop the skill set it takes for a big man to survive in the NBA. Jabari, though, I think he has a great career. Hopefully we can come back tomorrow and talk about Auburn making history in the NBA draft tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.